Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 1130 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. So we're going to play a little catch-up because we <laughs> we never do catch-up when we have this guest on the show this morning. We are welcoming back the CEO of Never Had It So Good Entertainment Networks, Princess Cooper. Good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Gretchen. I'm good. How about you? I'm good. I, I'm actually. I shouldn't say this. But I'm actually ready for a nap. Um, <laughs> every now and then, it just kind of comes down. And like, yeah, like to have a nap, but anyway, no. But I am good. I am doing well. So glad to have you back. Because there are two things I need to discuss with you today. But um, I'm gonna. If, if there's something in particular that you want to discuss, I'm going to go ahead and let you lead off, but there are two things I want to discuss. But before we get to any of that, um, I want to say we need to keep our prayers out for the First Lady. I understand that she has big diagnosis with COVID, so um, we want to keep our prayers for um, Dr. Jill Biden, and, um, you know, we pray for her complete and speedy recovery. So. Amen. Amen. And there, there's nothing hot on my schedule, so I'll follow your lead, Gretchen. Okay. Well, number one, you, you know, as I mentioned the uh, early part of the month, we kind of wanted to deal with a little uh, back to school. So I wanted to talk to you about back to school. And, and you, we've kind of talked a little bit about it anyway when we discussed, talked with some other people and um, we, we discussed just certain things. But I want to talk about it from your perspective as a student and as your perspective from a mom, being a mom. So, Tell me about things that you remember that were significant as you were coming along in school. Oh, wow, significant. Um, well, my, I think my perspective was a little bit different, um, and, I, and I guess all those students out there who have moms that are teachers or in education, it may be just a little bit different. School started earlier for me because it started whenever my mom went back, you know, two weeks before, a week and a half before, to prepare for school opening. And I, I usually went with her. And my perspective was, um, as she was a sixth grade teacher, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, even up until I, I left for college, I would go back with her and go up and down the hall and, and meet all the teachers and and help them in every classroom. That that was mine. Um, and I would do my mom's bulletin boards, and then I would head to another teacher and another teacher until everybody was pleased and, and I was able to help, even if it was um, – you know, just organizing the supply closet. Um, so I remember teaching from my mom's perspective and her preparing and, and doing lessons, plan, lesson plans, and, and getting certification again at the University of Florida. And, and from that, now, um, I, I just thought school was the way of life and what you should be doing. And I still go to school today. I, I, I could have been a career school person for sure. Um, I, I even volunteered, hey, you go to school online and I'll take all your classes. I, I remember saying that to some of my, my family. But um, there was always an excitement, I thought, 
um, once the new school year came, and I remember the shopping for school clothes, and I remember Labor Day in the in in the state of Florida being um, the indicator. We always went back the 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 Tuesday after Labor Day. That was the first day of school. It seems to have gotten earlier and earlier um, as as I've gotten older, and school has changed a lot. And um, I don't, I don't remember a whole lot of bus riding until I got to high school. You know, we came to school with mom, and we left when mom left. Um, so that means after school, there was no rushing to the bus or, make, or missing your bus. You know, I went to my mom's classroom and, and did my homework or, you know, waited on her. And if she had a meeting, I was in her classroom helping her. I even graded papers. I remember that, you know. Um, as I got older and went on to middle school and high school, I, I would do a lot of grading papers. So, um, and I just always enjoyed education and always thought that it was not a necessary evil, just one of those fun things that you did to learn and, and get better. So you were a teacher's aide without the pay. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yeah, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Even that's good. even I I remember every one of my principals, um, and I even went down there to their office and helped them. I remember every one of my principals, and even in middle school and high school, they were just a joy to be around. And when they saw me in the hall, um, you know, they greeted me and and asked me how I was doing and asked about family. While other students, you know, they saw the principal come and they went the other way. I never, I never saw that. Mm-hmm. Even with some that they didn't like, I just, um, you know, I, I did see school from another perspective. I did see school um, from the teacher's perspective. I, I was one of those students that went in the teacher's lounge, you know, where you were not forbidden and say, Mom, I need more money or, you know. <laughs> Or can I get a popsicle from the cafeteria or something like that? But going in the teacher's lounge was um, something I enjoyed, too, because mm-hmm. the other teachers that would, would would greet me and ask me about school. And I remember their lives because, you know, teachers hung with teachers and teachers did, you know, things together. And, you know, and um, if I didn't see them at school, sometimes I saw them at my house, which I thought was just really neat to see them in a different perspective. So, but did any of that make you want to be a teacher? Um, That's what I grew up thinking I was going to do, was Mm -hmm. be a teacher. Um, I think I veered off from that once I discovered there was more careers out there. And I don't know if I knew, I thought that being a teacher was definitely one of those things that was a key um, role in the community. And I wanted to be something of that. I wanted to be like my mom. But once I went out to Spelman, um, so many other doors open and interns and different things. And so my um, my perspective changed. But as long as I was in Gainesville, Florida, and, and of course my I went to Archer Elementary, then Newberry High School, so really Gainesville, um, is where I went to college at, but it, it didn't, the perspective didn't change until I went off to college and saw how I may have been a big fish in my pond, but man, there were a lot of other big fishes and a lot of other big lakes and, and mm-hmm. oceans when I got to Spelman. I, I thought that they all were, they all carried that torch for education and they thrived off of getting good grades and um, they had great conversation. That was an eye-opening experience for me. And I I just changed my, my direction at that point. Wow. That's interesting. So Mm -hmm. um, now what would have made you, let's say, stay on the path of being an educator. And the reason I ask that is because right now we are, are suffering, suffering tremendously from having teacher shortages and, uh-huh. You know, I know that, I, that I've had people that have suggested to me in the past about being a teacher, and I I knew early on that I I didn't think it was for me because I didn't think I had the the patience for it. Um, but uh, I just wonder what would it take to make people who may have had that you know I guess longing for it initially to kind of continue having a, a passion for it and to, to stay on that path? And how can we encourage other people 
because the, the the thing that I worry about is when you have too few teachers, um, it, the children suffer. They do. I mean, even with the best of teachers, if you have uh, one teacher and you have and you have a when you have a good teacher, all the students want that one teacher's attention. You know, so when you, if, I just I am concerned that we're really going to um, end up with a lot of our children suffering that need a good teacher or, or at least need uh, a good teacher's attention and not having to fight for it so much with a hundred and some students, you know? Yeah. You know, um, I think that uh, our educational system is in trouble. Um I was looking at the number. I think I want to say in in the state of South Carolina, um, there are 800 and some teacher vacancies. That that's big for the entire state, um, um, or or maybe it's even over that because I know there's over 200 and some um, vacancies here in Richland County, which is where I am, um, and, and that's sad to just consider. Um, and I don't know, as a matter of fact, I can say this too, and that is is that if I had the time um, and if I thought I could make a difference in when I say that, handle today's children, because I think there is not a lot of respect for for teachers. Um, and I've seen, I've been around classrooms in the past two or three years, um, post-pandemic and pre-pandemic, and the the level of disrespect that I see um, in the amount of conversation that is nothing like we used to have, and I'm talking about the language mostly here, um, I, I would consider, you know, teaching now, um, but... Um, because you can get your teaching certification and, um, you know, not have to go all the way back to school, you know, as long as you have a degree. So, you know, I've actually thought about it in the last couple of years with with the shortage and helping out or at least being um, a substitute teacher. But, number one, I don't have the time. And, number two, I don't know if I can handle the level of maturity or perceived maturity that the kids of today have. See, and and that's part of what my issue is because if I thought I didn't have the patience before, I definitely (laughs) probably wouldn't have the patience. Because I'm, you know, as much as I thought my mom was really strict, you know, mm-hmm. and I still value her her ways. She was real old school. It's like you didn't talk to adults a certain way, mm-hmm. and you know, and the punishment that you were able to dole out without, uh, you know, punishment yourself as a teacher, you can't dole that type of punishment out now. Oh yeah, you know. Oh yeah. But, uh, and, and parents, um. Parents sometimes will take the child's side because that's their child before they try to get the whole story. And and you know it's it's a, it is quite of a balancing act because as a child, yeah, you want you do want if, especially if you're in the right, you want your parents to be on your side first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And and I was lucky that way, but my mom also knew me, you know, so she that's knew it. when to take my side. And she knew when, you know, but she also knew to get the full story, you know, to see to see how to work things out if there was an issue, um, mm-hmm. you know. So and she so she knew when I wasn't being forthcoming, and she knew when I was, you know, she knew me, you know. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's an issue too. Is you know, parents maybe not taking the time to really get to know their kids. Um, I think there's a lot of complacency when it comes from um, education just can't start when you put them on the bus and then once they leave with that 315 bell or even if that bell rings before. The true education starts when they get home and understanding what they're doing and and partnering with them. The true education starts with going to to the PTA meetings and going to, you know, teacher 
parent night and um, being involved. And sometimes and most times it includes, you know, you as a mom being, you know, homeroom mom or, you know, classroom mom or even classroom dad. You, you really have to in today's time. And if we didn't learn anything else, we learned that during the pandemic where, where, where education came home. It came home, and I, I I don't know how well it performed because, you know, um, uh, besides you making sure they're up and, and headed to the computer and, you know, everybody getting a device so that they can and, and getting Internet so that they can go from home, but I, I thought, really saw what teachers did um, and, and the, the responsibility they, they had and, and how much – um, that we needed to be more involved. And I just don't I, – I really encourage parents to go to your child's school with the, without them knowing you're coming. Mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. what you would <laughs> what you would see <laughs> yeah. would, would surprise 99% mm-hmm. of you. It, mm-hmm. it really would. Or maybe I, I'm not giving them credit, 90%. You know, because there is a 10% of children who, what they are at home, they are at school because there's a reverence for their parents. Mm -hmm. I didn't stray, I didn't stray out of the box very much out of the circle and follow my friends because I knew my mother was down the hall. And once I got to Mm -hmm. middle school and high high school, I knew my mother was my mother, you know, and if I didn't, my other teachers reminded me, okay, Mm -hmm. now um, stop talking. Or I'm gonna tell your mama, and you know I know mm-hmm. her, you know. So I yeah. think it's it's such a difference now. Children are off the chain, and they don't mind using curse words, and I and I mm-hmm. say that in such a polite way. But um, mm-hmm. and they don't <laughs> mind confronting teachers, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't mind saying what's on. They don't mind even saying so. Call her. She ain't gonna say nothing, and she she's not gonna come. And some of the the parents don't. They say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, I'm at work. Don't bother me with that. If they didn't hit you anybody know, and nobody hit them, you handle But you were talking about um, when kids come home. But the thing about it is it, you, groundwork has to be laid before the kids go even off to school. Um, oh, yeah. My, my oh, mom yeah. laid the groundwork. And, and I found myself like the, you know, I didn't have any kids, but the few kids that I knew in my family, like when it was time to give gifts and stuff like that, I was determined I was going to try to give a gift um, that was, I wanted it to be fun, but I wanted it to be meaningful or educational. Like, for example, you know, when they had um, coloring books or, you know, find a search of word books or anything like that. Um, and then I wanted to say, was it Leapfrog or Leappad or something as, you know, technology came into play. Uh, just trying to get something that could a child could learn from, but it could also be fun, you know. Um, and and so I, I guess I was probably the, the boring gift giver, but um, I, I did, I really made, you know, I was like, okay, everybody else can give the appeasement gifts. <laughs> That's what I would call them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the 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 thing that the child is going to play with for about maybe thirty seconds or something like that. Like they say, like mm-hmm. they they always talk about when you give gifts. If you watch, especially uh, toddlers, you know, infants, little little kids, they're more interested in the box sometimes than the actual gift. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's something that challenges them their imagination. You know, um, what what can I do with this? So, I don't know. I just um, feel like groundwork needs to be laid. You know, the the child needs to be um, prepared for school, not just with the the backpacks, but with with some sort of of book knowledge, even at at an early age, you know, can't you know, if you if your child knows the ABCs before they get to school, that's a good thing. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, you know, well, and and, um, and make the child feel good about it, you know, because they will there will be um, students and teachers out there that will make the child feel like, you know, who do you think you are just because you know X, Y, and Z, you know, let the child be proud of it. Don't let the child feel, you know, ashamed of, of being learned. 
Yeah. I think the formative years are kindergarten through 12th grade. And I think we veer off way too far off during the summer. Um, but in, in my household, every year was an opportunity to have a summer reading list. And 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 that is still out there, and and even more enhanced now. You can get the books right off the internet. But each grade, there's a summer reading list of those that, if you want to be ahead of the curve, go and get that summer reading list for seventh grade, for eighth grade, and and knock them out during the summer. And in 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 at every university, at every camp, there are camps for. Um, speed reading classes or for reading classes, even at bookstores now, that is still there. But I think during the summer, we get our kids too far off kilter, and they start going to bed at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning, um, and then when school starts, they're not back on that schedule, and it is a hard two weeks to get them back on that schedule. Um, but if you know your child also is headed into the eighth grade, see what eighth grade math looks like. See what that looks like and have them do some of that over the summer. You know, technology is a beautiful thing. And just like they're playing those, you know, god-awful games, find them some, some material that is fun but also, you know, educational. And I still think the best thing we can give our children is the thirst to read, the thirst to gain knowledge. That's the best gift we can give them every year, every Christmas, and every birthday. Um, and how you do that always, is to give them something to read. I always love to read. I was a big, like, Nancy Drew fan. And for those of you that don't know, know Nancy Drew is not just a TV show. It's based off of a series of mystery books. And I was heavily into Nancy Drew. I could, there, you know, other books I could read. And I was one of those people that if I had time, I was sitting down and I could read a novel in the afternoon because I just loved to read. Now it's just, uh-huh. I just need to be able to stay awake long enough to get through <laughs> the, the preface um, <laughs> of the book. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it's important. It, it you know, it encouraged my imagination. It, it you know, it said my desire to to read more and college actually took that away from me i have to say that because i was i was reading to pass tests and i was reading you know to get through classes and i wasn't reading for fun anymore and it just really uh you know I, i think it took that away from me it did for a while but um there was a time once i became an adult um before having children and a career and a husband that I really took pride in, you know, in getting those books from Alice Walker or Maya Angelou or whomever is out there and not just black authors, but authors that I loved. And and I wasn't Mm -hmm. a Nancy Drew, but I remember coming up that I was a V.C. Andrews and that was a series Mm -hmm. of books. Um, that she did that was a little bit morbid when I got older, I thought about where, um, he, the lady had her, four kids. Um, she didn't want her new husband to know. So her four kids were raised in the attic and her mother took care of them and they grew up in that attic. And um, mm-hmm. eventually the two old, older kids started seeing each other. So I remember once it got to that series in that book, I put it down because I said, okay, um, I don't, I don't think I want to participate in, in a full blown ancestry, you know, series now, but mm-hmm. um, it could have been anything. And some of the knowledge I gained in elementary, in um, middle school and high school, I still carry today my ability to read and um, retain. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. started back then. Now, some of it could be, too, from my genes. Both my parents were educators. My mother was a science teacher. And my dad was a math teacher. And my dad's name um, was was U- Euclid, which um, mm. I had no clue of, but um, it, there is a certain style of math called Euclidean math. Um, and my brothers didn't get the educational bug. They did just the bare minimum to get C's and move on and go to the military. Neither one of them really saw um the university or, or college, even though both of their, their parents were educators. But me, I was full-blown. Mm-hmm. Full blown. As a matter of fact, I did their homework. I mm. it, it, 
and, and was jealous that they had more than I had. Now, I agree <laughs> with you that college took away some of that excitement to read because there was just so much material mm-hmm. to read and so many things. But college taught me time management and how to focus and remember, you know, the goal at the end of the tunnel, you know, um, mm-hmm. because you can get sidetracked in college. And oh, I never, goodness and gracious, I never yes. did. Thank God mm-hmm. I never did. Um, so. But uh, but yeah, and one of the things too I was thinking about in school, I not I didn't just read Nancy Drew. I was that was one of my go tos. Um, I also, there was a novel Black Beauty that I really liked too. But I also was into poetry, and I loved Nikki Giovanni. I, I was really really into her, and um, yeah, Maya for sure. Uh, but uh, just and also it that kind of encouraged me to try to take different stabs from time to time of poetry or, you know, trying to do, you know, my own verses on greeting cards and stuff like that because I, I just really liked uh, being able to, to capture some of the imagery that I, I would, you know, learn from reading. But um, but I, I want to also ask you, and, and we're just, <laughs> of course, we're running out of time. I want to ask you about you as a mom and you preparing your children for for school and, and um, securing their education, what did you find to be a, a big challenge with that? No, Gretchen, I didn't because my mom kept my children um, until they went off to, to um to kindergarten, and when I would pick up my children, they would say, Mom, please tell Grandma that we don't want to learn anything tomorrow. We have ABCs on the our placemats, on the refrigerator. We can't even walk in the bathroom without having to do something educational. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, please, we're tired. And that was my mom. And um, by the time both my children got ready, for kindergarten, they were so far ahead of the curve. Um, as a matter of fact, Lauren, you know, skipped two grades, and Kristen came along and skipped two grades. And um, that all started with my mom in their level of reading and retaining. Um, so that made it easy. But now once to school, um, I was really involved. And and I really had a huge career at that time, but I, but I I made sure to become classroom mom, and I made sure to show up and one year be and really involved in the PTA with both of them as they came up four years um, apart, and I, and I thought it was. Um, um, important to get to know their teachers, to get to know their classrooms, and 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 be there. Lauren was really into communications and and drama and all of that, and she became, you know, um, student government president like I I did. And then Kristen comes along, and if I'd had her first, I may not have had any more. Um, she was a little bit tougher, um, but but we managed to to get her her through, you know. But um. My advice to moms is to be involved, um, whatever that looks like within your school. And if the parent, if the teachers reach out to you, reach back, you know, Mm -hmm. um, if they're looking for some help, you know, help that I know our schedules are so full, but I say this every day. We make time for exactly what we want to make time for. Yes, we do. Exactly. We do. Mm -hmm. So... Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to talk more with Princess Cooper, CEO of Never Had It So Good Entertainment Networks, when we get back. If you want to join the conversation, the number is 516-387-1944. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we'll be right back. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar? Or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. This is Douglas Dobbs 
owner and funeral director at Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community with two generations of family funeral service. With the recent addition of my son Brandon, we are here to take care of the needs of Central and West Orlando. From simple cremation to a full burial, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here to help you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs, dedicated to serving our families. Good afternoon. Welcome back. To, I guess it's almost afternoon. Well, welcome back to G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Yeah, I'm just combobulated getting my first cup of coffee right now. <laughs> anyway, I am here with Princess Cooper, CEO of Never Had It So Good Entertainment. And being that she is a CEO of a black business, and this is Black Business Month, I wanted to talk to you about running a black business. So talk to me about that. You know, I'm proud of that now, Gretchen, but I don't know if I gave that a whole lot of thought when I knew, when I started doing this. Um, All I knew when I came up with this concept and Reverend Robinson helped me with the concept is that all my life I've wanted to, um, um, I've been a pseudo commentator. I've been a pseudo media person. I blogged a lot about sports for a very long time before August 9th of 2013. I decided to take this to another level and and trademark and copyright my thought process and put this on paper and make it legal. But I don't know if I thought at that time, I am creating a black business that is going to flourish. And other than that, I am a minority business owner, and I am a female minority business owner. That has um, elevated or come to fruition. But at the time in doing this, I knew that I – just wanted to do more than I was doing. Um, so I created Never Had It So Good, and, and I tell everybody, because I still get asked that, Never Had It So Good comes from um, my father in the ministry or my deacon in the ministry at my church, and if you ask him how he's doing, he says, Never Had It So Good, and that always stuck with me, and I wanted to start a radio show, and it is now called a podcast, but when I started this in 2013, it was just radio, and um, and I did this, and I was able to study my craft in 2012, early 2013, um, purchased all of the software early 2013, and 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 launched on August 9th, 2013. And um, I was just doing a 12 o'clock show um, in in the barbershop because I was at that barbershop across from the church um, a lot. Um, in, in 2013, and um, I, I found out how much I loved it, and after I got off over my nervousness and fear, I extended it from 12 o'clock and went to 5 o'clock on Fridays and extended it from one day to seven days a week, and from seven days a week, a year later, you know, Reverend Robinson said, if you can create a business plan for yourself, you can create a business plan and teach others, and that really was the start of the growth in teaching others and creating a platform where they can come and broadcast their particular thoughts and views on a podcast of their own with their own branding, with their own voice. And that's when it, when it took off. Um, but being an entrepreneur and a, um, in, in, in 2022 looks like a lot of things, but to those who are out there, you are the CEO, but if you don't have a, a, that much of a staff, then you are HR, you are um, domestic cleaning, you are the troubleshooter, you are the producer, you are the graphics designer, you're everything. Um, now, I seem to flourish like that because I'm a terrible delegator, um, and, um, and I've had some interns over um, the time of this, but um, it feels good, and it feels good to thrive. It feels good to come up with a concept develop it, to put it on the internet, to create um, a logo, to create the look, the sound, um, and the colors, and to see it on paper and on the internet, and to see it be successful, and then get get to 
be paid a nominal fee for it. Um, that is exciting, um, and I'm proud of where we are as women. We are, we are, our increase, our percentage of um, female entrepreneurs is just off the chain, and we are the bulk of entrepreneurs and and business owners in in the United States. We have really increased our wealth um, and our way of doing things, and still being a mom um, and a wife. Um, so I'm proud now. I don't know if that was the goal back then, but it's definitely the goal now is to flourish as a as a minority business owner, as a female in the the business of media, which sometimes where I want to be, and that's in sports, is not well received. So, what what do you, what was your biggest challenge other than maybe the financial aspect? Because one of the things you just kind of, for example, alluded to, and it was in about, about having a voice in sports, especially as a female. That's it. Besides the financial piece and making sure to meet um, um, all of my debt obligations at the beginning and the end of every month is to try to get your footing in the world of sports as a female. And even though we had some examples, um, you know, I don't think even in 2013 that we're, we were as well-received as it is today. You can't turn on a sports show now and not see a woman um, as a lead host or as a, um, as a part of a team of three or four or five. You can't see that. But in 2013, I was not well-received. And as I got credentials to go down to the University of Florida or the University of South Carolina um, or others that I've done, um, you know, I was tested. And there were some, you know, where if I left my recorder laying down or even my phone, that it was misplaced or put somewhere else or taken out of the chair and my notes and everything that was in and put somewhere else or just taken all all together um, because I was just a little black girl over there in, in case she thinks she knows what she's doing. But this is a man's world. Um and even though females at that time were still allowed to go into the locker rooms, it's not something that you just say, "Okay, well, I'm just going in there." You gotta, you gotta have a lot of moxie and confidence to navigate um, the world of sports as a female. And a lot of tests come came along with it, you know. Any hey, princess, you you going to see the Tampa Bay Diamondbacks? No, that's actually Arizona Diamondbacks. It's the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. It's now just the Tampa Bay Rays. They, you know, they've even taken the devil out of that. And it's gone from the Florida Marlins to the Miami Marlins. You know, um, those little things, people would just do that just to to hook, hang you up and to get you looking mm. stupid. But I've been, I've been um, taking in the world of sports since I was old enough to read. And I didn't play with Barbie dolls. I played with posters of the Miami Dolphins 1972 World Championships, only undefeated team in the NFL. So, mm-hmm. um, but um, there have been those. So that's been the, the, the biggest thing. Now, Gretchen, God is so good. Um, I have on NFL, NBA, college football coaches, players, anytime we want, and we get access to where we want. But a lot has changed in 10 years. This is year nine, um, but almost a decade of doing this, and we just really started to see the fruits of our labor in the past five years. The first five years, you got to establish yourself and understand what you're doing and be able to um, – Gosh, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, be able to switch and, and transition into the name thing and react and 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 um, very quickly because the the, the industry changes um, and it has changed. When I started, you know, you you just automatically roll your podcast over to to um, iTunes. Well, now it's called Apple Podcasts, and now also the your show is on iHeartRadio and on Spotify and TuneIn and Google Casts and Google Podcasts and um, Stitcher and Bullhorn. These uh, power yeah. is probably on 10 different platforms, um, but that's how technology has increased. 
You know, it, I, I, ha- I personally have to credit Pam Oliver for opening my eyes because uh-huh. I remember I was working in Tampa and I remember Pam Oliver was working at a, a competitor station. Um, and I remember when she was leaving and they said she, I heard that she was going to go do sports. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, because I was still that old school mentality is like, you know, it, it, that's a man's thing, you know. And I, I like mm-hmm. to watch football, but in terms of the commentators, the commentators are men. You know, it's, it's a man's thing, you know. And I, so I was really, really shocked. And after I found out and heard that she was leaving for that, I had, it, it opened my eyes. It gave me a, excuse me, a, a different, a better perspective in terms of, you know, what our involvement in a variety of things could be. Because, you know, yes, she was going to be, you know, on air, but then, okay, maybe, you know, there are going to be there are others that I don't know about that are behind the scenes, you know, and and there are people like you, although this was way before you, but there are people like you creating networks and having uh, podcasts, radio shows, uh, whatever, doing commentary, what, whatever. Now, like you said, you can't hardly turn without seeing um, a woman in, in uh, you know, in the the booth. They're not in the booth as much as I think they should be. I, I really have yet to see anybody when they talk about who, who's going to be, um, you know, given commentary, whether it's as a female. They're still, they're still down on the field or in the locker room or whatever, but I would like to see a woman in the booth on, you know, national TV, on, on Fox, on you know, um, Monday Night Football or whatever they're doing now. I don't even know how, since they moved it, I don't hardly watch it anymore. But, um, I, I, you know, so, and, and I guess it'll come in time. Um, Gretchen, it actually is here. Um, okay. There's a couple that are out there that are, as a matter of fact, we were watching the NFL um, the other night, and uh, John and I, and... I said, I want to say it's the Ravens of someone. And um, there was a, a, a female commentator that was actually doing the play-by-play. That's one thing to be the play-by-play and another, another thing to be um, the um, the color announcer. And she was the play-by-play and, and very good at it. Um, mm, uh, for wonderful. sure. And she, and she does a lot of uh, college football. Um, and her name is Doris Burke and she does a lot. I think she started with the NBA, but, um, you, you should look her up. And then she, she really started college football about four or five years ago. And now in the past couple of years, she's been doing preseason, um, NFL, but Doris Burke has been a pioneer and she has taken it to the booth. There's another one out there. I think it's Kelly Mullins. That's really good, but you're correct. That is the next, I think, level, um, for females and, and and that is to get major color commentator and and um analysis and play by play um in the booth with the NBA which is really just that that's done um in mm-hmm. um college football i think it's is maybe 20 30% in the NFL it's probably at 10% but um there and starting to get those looks and she has that voice um and doing well but you know a lot of men I still men, and if a female is doing that, <laughs> they'll turn. Mhm. Mhm. You know, and I and I've heard men or men have told me, "Hey, <laughs> you need to get home and get in the kitchen. This is for men right here. This Ooh, is the man's world." Oh yeah, I've I've had that said. So okay, so you. You're experiencing more of the um, bias in terms of, you know, gender. What about race? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm in the state of South Carolina. We already know how that goes. (laughs) But I would say more by gender. (laughs) Really? uh, Okay. Yeah. It's it's more about right. um now, you know, I've I think I've said that to you before live on air is that um I've experienced um 
the white male not wanting to hold the door for the black woman heading into the same building mm-hmm. and making sure yeah. I've had that, but more often than not, when you in this in- industry of talking sports from black men and white men, um, you got to really prove yourself. And then some will call me or text me afterwards, but more often than not, they will text or call my male counterparts and say, "Hey, she's good," <laughs> and then they'll tell me. But um, and I always okay. challenge you too. If, if I'm doing a show, I have my facts together. And if you come to me with opinion and just how you feel, you're gonna have to back that up or just get on off. Cause I'm gonna mute your mic anyway. Mm. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Okay, we're gonna take our final break. Um, and we're gonna talk more when we come back with Princess Cooper, CEO of Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I always keep trying to do the the initials and I get it all messed up so I just I just say it out. <laughs> anyway, Amen. The number if you want to join the conversation or you have some questions, five one six three eight seven one nine four four. I know some of you do because some of you have even even asked me about how do I get my own show? So why are yeah. you hesitating? This is the Let's time to call. That. Let's talk about it. All right. Anyway, this is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you? With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it, by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson and Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com. Yeah, thank you, Kevin Anderson. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today with the Mighty Mighty CEO of Never Had It So Good Entertainment and Sports Network's Princess Cooper. Welcome back. So, um... What what well I'm going to tell you I it was a blessing just for me it's just God put me in the right place in the right time five or so years ago um, another friend of mine from uh, my old college days kind of uh, reacquainted with him and he asked me to be on his show and then uh-huh. I heard from you. <laughs> oh, what uh-huh. possessed you? <laughs> your well, voice. I was interested too. Your voice. Oh, okay. Your your My clear voice. your your articulation and your passion. I've never known you to do a show, and I listeners, um, let me just stop and say that 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 Gretchen um, is probably being kind and a little bit humble, but she's a superstar uh, on the network and the variety and the bulk of our topics on Never Had It So Good um, Entertainment and the media network side, the variety comes from G's Power Hour and your willingness. And and really, it's just your everyday life. I never would have thought to do a show where I can talk about um, um, sickle cell today and um, the weather tomorrow and and then have a uh, financial day, a garden Friday, you know, in the gardens day, um, technology day with, you know, Bert Kelso, Burton Kelso. I never would have thought to to expand, <laughs> which is Thursday. Um, I never would have thought to expand my um, platform like that, but she did it and she did it well. And she wanted, you know, five days a week, which I thought was crazy to come out the gate five days a week. But she was a better one than me, listeners. And she did it and pulled it off. And here we are five or six years later. But I heard that in your voice. And now you've been on the network and he's he's no longer. And we're talking about James Deshay and he has gone on to do really good things. He had a really good platform. But mm-hmm. he did. He 
he, he had a really good platform, and he talked about social topics, and he had passionate um, yeah. um, um, platform on a panelist. And he had one where 20, 30, 40, 50 people would call in, and he couldn't get them all in there. He had to then end up doing two, two hours instead of just one hour. So mm-hmm. very good platform, very good platform mm-hmm. um, yeah. for sure. But um, that's when it started, and I don't know how long you took to get back to me. Tell me about that. I think it was just a couple of days because, you know, I thought about it, and I don't know how long I talked to my husband about it, but, you know, getting to a certain point in your life, uh, it's a matter of, okay, I'll try it. If it works, fine. If it doesn't, fine. Next. You know, I mean, because there's just so much out there and there's so much to do. And I have people also ask me, are you going to talk about real estate? I'm like, oh, God, no. Um, Uh (laughs) You know, because I'm a realtor and I'm like, I even don't want to talk about real estate 24-7 because Uh there's just so much more. I mean, I'm I'm an advocate of of home ownership. I mean, no one needs to ever question that. But there's just so much more out there that needs to be addressed. And I wanted to kind of open up the platform for people to talk about things that they're interested in, things that um, maybe they don't hear on everybody else's show. Um, And and even now, like, you know, you turn on a show and at the top of the hour, you're going to hear sometimes the same story on at least for five or six other stations. And it's not that I don't want to address it, um, but I don't necessarily, unless I can bring something new or interesting or enlightening to a subject that everybody else is already covering, you know, I may mention it and then I'm going to go on because there's still, Mm -hmm. life still goes on with other things. Like I said, with, with back to school, people have a variety of experiences in terms of what school was like for them, what school was like for their children, and we all have concerns for our our current children right now. And I don't have a child. You know, God has other plans for me. But that doesn't mean I'm not concerned about what's going on with our children. You know, so, yeah, you'll hear me talk about it, you know, feverishly because – it's important. I see the potential in so many children out there, and I don't want to see it wasted. And I don't want us to just take it for granted that someone else is going to take care of our children. we got to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Gretchen, content is king. Listeners, content is king. And if it wasn't King, then we wouldn't see what we see on most news stations. And that is, is if, if you know, the, uh, the takeover of Mar-a-Lago and, and the 30 agents going in there with their subpoenas and their warrants to, to look around and see, seize information stayed on. That was last Monday. And from Monday through Friday of last week, if you were on a news station, it, that was it at the top of the hour, and then they would close with that. And it went on for about five or six days, and now we've come into this week, and it's still um, a part of the discussion. It's just evolved into what they found and then mm-hmm. why, you know, um, Merrick, um, uh, our Attorney General Merrick Garland decided to go ahead and um, sign off on this, and they said he he labored over it um, and discussed it and went over this for weeks before he decided to sign it. Um, but that is content is king, and when you look at TV, when you transition for a moment from from podcast to TV, you see mm-hmm. the same re see re, the same reruns, especially on not on the Power Four, the ABC, CBS. Um, in NBC, NBC but you know some of um, CNN. You see um, some of that other. Um, yeah, and I forgot about Fox. You you do see the same reruns every night because they're still looking for content, um, mm-hmm. and um, and they can't get right. it. And that's the same thing with podcasts. You you want to have really? something that people want to listen to. Let me let me talk about that for a minute. I have to jump in. And I know we don't have that much time, but I have to jump in. 
I, one of the reasons that I guess I felt comfortable coming into my podcast doing five days a week was because I was a former associate news producer, a former television news producer, a former radio um, reporter and anchor, a former um, community newspaper writer. Um, so my first ventures um, into being on, on air, and I wasn't on air that much. I was mostly behind the scenes, but I've worked at a few television and radio stations. So the grind when I was in there, for the most part, was five days a week. So that was what I was accustomed to. So it didn't occur to me not to do five days a week because that is what I was in before I, I left uh, media and started doing other things. So let me just say that for number one. Number two, um, <laughs> I was just talking to my husband the other day about weekend news. Now, I will say this. Weekend news is a challenge for radio, for TV, especially for television, to come up with something fresh, okay? So a lot of times you'll see things that are repeated so because you may only have one reporter in the early part of the day doing covering as much stuff as possible with one photographer. And I know it's probably changed a lot since I've been in the business. And then one later on in the day on the weekend. And that's what you got trying to cover, you know, trying to cover the same stuff and be as relevant as they are during the week. Now I will say this because like I said, I was looking the other day and I was saying to myself, Goodness gracious, there was there could have been better planning, and I challenge you to challenge your stations to be a little bit more creative and do a little bit more better planning. Instead of regurgitating the stuff that everybody else is regurgitating, <laughs> maybe talk about the stuff that's coming up in, 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 in the week ahead. And I'm going to say this because I, I had a letter I was going to write, and I probably will still write it. But I, I, and I love my city, Orlando. But my city, Orlando has, and I got to, I got to work quick. Our city, Orlando, has a PR problem because, and the reason I say that is because I was googling or searching. I need to stop saying googling. I was searching the other day to see what kind of news, what's going on in my city, and every shooting and car crash that you can imagine came up. Unless I put in, if I just put Orlando News Today or whatever, if I had to put in Orlando Health News Today or Orlando Business News Today in order to get something other than the crime blotter. And mm -hmm. I will tell you this, don't just go because people like to blame the media. Don't just blame the media because our audience has a demand and a weakness for having the blood and guts. Mm -hmm. And it shows by the ratings. So when you get presented with all of that news, it's because the ratings show that that's what you want. Um, and I know this from years back because I tried mm -hmm. um, when I was a, a, a reporter uh, at a newspaper to do more business news, to do more health news, and not just the crime thing. And I was told the crime page and then who's getting married or graduating or whatever um, that, that weekend, that was the news. Now, I will say this. I like the fact that we celebrate the marriages and engagements and graduations, all that kind of stuff. I am all for it. I would like to do a magazine. With, with, with that kind of celebration. But in terms of actual news, um, it is news when you have a new medical facility opening or a new education facility opening or something other than who shot who, who ran over who, and who cussed who out and, and all that type of stuff. And you as an audience have to Put your foot down and say, I want something different. Because if you don't, you get what you get. Yeah. I could say more, but that's all, that's all I got time for. <laughs> so. Yeah. There you go. I think that's, yeah. a, that's a powerful way to end it right there. That we we yeah. need to challenge ourselves to do better. Um, yeah. 
we we got for you. sure. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So Princess, again, thank you for your time. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> of course. But then, and thanks for sharing your story about um, the network and also about um, uh, school, your experience with education. Yeah. I love the fact that you had great influence at the beginning, and and I just really, we need to find a way to encourage more people to become. Uh, teachers to make sure that our kids get the proper education and, and are able to motivate our um, kids to be, be better and more than we have been and have, will be able to become. So uh-huh. thank you all uh-huh. for listening. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. <laughs>